Welcome to Finance Operations, the podcast for finance leaders who want to solve their T&E and accounts payable auditing challenges using artificial intelligence. In each episode, we explore the future of finance operations through interviews with finance AI experts, industry analysts, and finance professionals. Join us to hear some great advice and learn the latest strategies and tactics for building a streamlined, AI-driven environment to replace your current human-centric, workflow-driven finance processes. Welcome to the Finance Operations Podcast. This is our very first episode, and we'll be talking about the radical shift in finance operations that is happening right now. I am your host, Gary Malhotra, VP of Product Marketing at Absin, the pioneer of AI-powered autonomous finance operations. So what are we going to discuss today? Well, we'll talk about the relevance of finance operations to the modern enterprise. We're going to talk about the evolution in finance operations that's happening right now. And also, we're going to talk about the radical shift from a workflow-driven finance back office to an AI-first finance back office. So let's first talk about why finance operations matter to the modern enterprise. So, you know, the stakeholders that finance serves have really been increasing their expectations from the finance team. You know, it's around higher earnings growth, greater scalability in finance operations to meet that growth, the ability to preserve cash flow in difficult times, and agility in finance operations to, you know, acquire companies easily, to address and serve different business models, and so on, right? And if you look at the functional scope of a finance organization, prior to 2015, the finance team used to have, you know, four departments reporting to it, but now it's more than six, right? And so the latest additions being digital transformation for the company, IT, procurement, risk, etc. And so if you look at the classic finance pyramid, it would look like a regular pyramid where, you know, 80% of the effort was in the base that was really wide, and that was going towards transactional activities, you know, running the business, running POs and invoices and expense receipts, and only 20% of the effort on the very top of the pyramid on strategic and transformational activities, right? So as a result of that, you know, finance leaders have been trying to automate the finance department for the past 50 so years and try to free up more manual effort so that it's easier for the finance staff to make uh, decisions and make better, faster, cheaper decisions, right? So if you look at how finance technologies evolved, you know, right from the abacus in several centuries ago, to Microsoft Excel, to ERPs in the 70s, to EDI, business intelligence, and RPA in the early 2000s, they've all tried to reduce the manual effort to assist the human being or the finance staff to make better decisions, right? So, So what's different now and why are we sort of launching this podcast now? Well, first off, the pandemic has shown us that the traditional finance automation model will really not scale into the future. Finance leaders I talk to say that they've realized that paper and PDF-based finance operations, which is, you know, manually auditing merchant expense receipts that are paper-based or scans, processing, you know, PDF-based supplier invoices that are emailed, simply won't work because the data there is unstructured, the people have to go into the office, there's just too much back and forth, right? And a lot of errors, right? So what's happening because of the pandemic is that the finance leaders are saying, look, I can no longer wait for five years to, you know, transform the finance department. I need to digitally transform finance in six months, you know, eight months max, right? And at the same time, what we're seeing is the maturity and availability of enterprise-ready 
finance artificial intelligence that is now accessible to these finance leaders to, to you know, speed up the finance digital transformation and accomplish it in, in you know, six to eight months. So, you know, interestingly, McKinsey just did a global survey of finance executives, and what they found was that finance organizations, as well as, you know, other internal operations, uh, have pushed forward the digitization plans by three to four years. You know, case in point, Satya Nadella, Microsoft CEO, said in a recent earning calls that, look, what he's finding is their clients have, you know, pushed forward two years' worth of digital transformation in just two months. Right. So when you sort of do that breakneck acceleration, that's 10x faster, you know, it sort of begs the question of what's the impact of that on finance operations and how do they respond to that? How do finance operations evolve? Right. So if you look at the traditional finance back offices, that's really based on four pillars. Right. First, you know, you manually key in data into structured forms, whether it's, you know, in a P2P system or an expense claim or a, or a purchase order or an invoice. Second, you try to capture as much as you can electronically. So you try to get an electronic invoice from your supplier, et cetera. Third, when you've captured data electronically, you route it via workflow to a human being in your finance department, and you expect that finance staff to make a decision, Right. And, and that's the backbone of the traditional finance back office, right? And even before the pandemic had hit, this sort of traditional finance back office wasn't really working well, right? And why is that? Because, you know, it was witnessing very high cost of running operations. So it takes companies as much as 12 to $25 to process an invoice, way too high. Often the invoice value is much less than, you know, the cost to process it. It was taking companies, you know, up to 25 days to process and pay an invoice. Uh, they couldn't possibly audit all of the expense receipts that they were getting as part of the expense claim. So they were, you know, forced to approve them first, pay them first, and then maybe pick a handful, like 5%, 10% later, uh, and do the audit, right? But that's not a way you run your department. We were seeing, you know, clients reporting 2 to 5% spend leakage because of fraud and duplication spend, you know, in expenses, across expenses and P cards and, and and, uh, and invoices, right? And the whole approach to regulatory compliance was ad hoc, right? Not every vendor was being checked against government websites. Not every provider was being checked for, uh, you know, healthcare professional compliance. And there was sort of an ad hoc um, approach. And so it wasn't really working even prior to the pandemic, right? And what we're finding and what our customers are finding is that that approach, you know, is not scaling in, in the current times as the pandemic is continuing and the growth is, is picking up. And there's three main reasons for that, right? First, you know, is the ability or the inability uh, of the existing finance operations and the existing finance technology stack to actually capture data electronically at source. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you look at virtually all receipts that come in in support of an expense claim, they're all paper-based or scans or PDF files. There's a lot of unstructured data, but yet you rely on, you know, some outdated OCR technology or your you know, finance staff to enter the claim and then try to process it. Similarly, 70% of the invoices that a B2B enterprise gets today are all paper-based or PDF or fax or snail mail, right? So there's a lot of unstructured data in them that cannot be analyzed and captured with the current tech stack, right? And so what that really means is, you know, those, that data is not being used for making decisions in an automated uh, manner. The second problem that, you know, the current, you know, traditional finance op operations have 
is that the human being or the human finance staff is at the center of decision making, right? And while that's great because there's so many things that people do really, really well, it brings with it, you know, the high labor cost because labor is involved. And, you know, labor costs have been rising everywhere in the U.S., in India, in the Philippines, and, you know, in all of the offshore centers. It brings with it, you know, high attrition because obviously staff leave and people leave. And when they leave, you, you lose their knowledge and you have to retrain your staff, right? And, and you know, a lot of financial services are seeing 30, 40, 50 percent rates of turnover, which means you virtually have a new finance staff every two years. And it's really hard to scale your company with that kind of finance staff and operations model. The, the third sort of reason is that, you know, people have uh, inherent limitations in human cognitive ability. So, for example, while artificial intelligence and algorithms can work 24-7, most human beings need a break after 8, 10, 12 hours of work. They just can't work 24-7. While AI can easily go back and look at two to three years of transactional history to see if the same employee was doing some fraud or if the same supplier, you know, had a PO on an invoice, human beings can't be expected to look through, you know, thousands of, you know, PDF files manually, visually, and try to, or, or paper, and try to figure out and do that comparison. Similarly, you know, in, in a lot of expense audits, uh, companies want to run like 30 checks at the same time on an expense receipt. And, uh, you know, while AI can do that in seconds, even your best auditors can't even remember what the 30 checks are. And they certainly can't be doing it on every expense receipt or, or every invoice, right? So there are some limits, uh, you know, to productivity. Lastly, you know, what we're seeing is that a lot of finance staff today, they want to work in finance departments that are modern, that are digital, that are using AI, they're using RPA. They're not very attracted to the traditional finance operations where the first thing they'll do or be asked to do is enter data or, or do manual work that's repetitive and boring, and that's not the work of the future, right? So whether your finance operations is, you know, tasked with cutting costs or whether it's tasked with really supporting your enterprise growth, you're not going to be able to make it or scale it with the traditional model, right? That's why uh, the traditional model of the finance back office is not going to scale. And I think that also begs the question of, you know, well, why doesn't more of the same work, right? Why can't you continue to fix your traditional finance operations with a little bit more automation, a little bit more technology, perhaps an ERP bolt-on, perhaps a a SaaS tool, perhaps some AI you've internally developed, et cetera, and and try to make it better and scalable for the future. And and I think the, the, the real hard truth is that all of the traditional automation approaches have truly tried to make it easier, better, faster, cheaper to assist humans in making decisions. So you've got your workflow tool that can get documents to you know, human processes faster. You've got your OCR that can extract some of the data and, and make the job of the human easier. You've got some templates that can maybe help human beings see what was done last time around. But truly no one, no technology has tried to fundamentally replace the human being and say, look, the technology, in this case artificial intelligence, is going to extract the data, understand it, look at past history, look at the content and context of, you know, what finance is trying to do, and make a decision that is better than the decision that that human beings can make, right? And that's the real disruption that we're talking about that AI can bring. And, and what's huge is that AI can easily do that on what your finance department has not been able to do or accomplish. So, for example, AI works extremely well on PDF invoices, on your merchant receipts, on any kind of unstructured data that cannot or will not be easily captured at source, right? So if you look at all of the finance data 
data finance team has today, I would say that 20% or only 20% of that is structured. That's an electronic payo, an electronic invoice. 80% of that data that a finance team owns or has access to is unstructured. It's the dozens and thousands of expense receipts that people, employees attach to an expense claim uh, or an expense form that may be electronic. It's the 70% of your total invoices that the vendors email to your AP department. It's the social data about your merchants and suppliers in terms of the average check sizes for a meal or uh, you know their, their product capabilities. It's the data in government regulatory websites and who's a suspicious vendor, who's a healthcare identity, et cetera, right? So all of that unstructured data AI can unlock and, and read and, and understand like humans do, but make decisions better than humans. And that's really why you know the AI-first approach is so different and radical than a back office or a workflow, or the traditional workflow back office approach, right? So, and, and, and to sort of understand this differently, right? If you look at a typical workflow-driven back office, it's got 10 steps in it. Let's say for invoice processing, the invoice comes in, you type it in, you do your validation, you do the approval, you do the payment, and then, you know, if you're lucky, you get to auditing maybe 5%, 10% of those invoices, right? Because uh, that's what you could do. Now, with AI, you don't have to do the step-by-step -step sequential approach. All of those steps can happen, in, and so you save time, you save effort. A lot of the decisions uh, or actions that are post-processing, like auditing an invoice, can actually happen prior to approval and prior to payment. And what's more, the AI can look at an invoice. Uh, it can look at two years of invoice history. It can look at, you know, your expense reports. You can uh, look at receipts. It can also, at the same time, look at PCAR data to make sure that there's no fraud or duplicate happening, meaning your employees are submitting in a receipt, and at the same time, the vendor is charging you, and at the same time, the transaction is on a PCAR, right, or a corporate card. You cannot do that, uh, in, you know, in, in, a, in a manual manner with human beings, but you can totally do that uh, with AI in parallel in, in, in minutes, right? So, so that's sort of really why the AI-first finance back office approach is so different. And uh, so you may be wondering, hey, Gary, it sounds different, but is it really, really different, you know, in terms of how it operates and, uh, you know, the details under the covers? So I thought maybe we'll sort of take six areas that, you know, matter in finance operations and, and, sort, of, and, and sort of do the, you know, the current approach versus the AI-first approach, right? So the first sort of area is sort of workflow, right? So if you look at the current back office, you know, things are captured electronically at source, they're routed through workflow, to a human make to make a decision. So everything centers around workflow, and that's why it takes time and it takes effort, right? In the AI back office, everything is AI first, meaning that the AI does the data extraction, it does the processing, it automates up to 80, 90%, and then it looks at, all right, what is the other 10, 20% that the AI wasn't able to handle for which you need a workflow, for which you need some, to route something to a human being. So it's AI first versus you know, workflow first or human beings first. So that's the first key area of difference, right? The second key area of difference is that the AI predictions are much more accurate, much more reliable than decisions human beings make, right? Because the AI actually reads documents. It you know, doesn't forget to read documents. It actually stores and keeps a record of what it's done or how it's make it, made a decision. It can work 24-7. It can look at two, three, four years of history uh, while making a decision. It can correlate 10 different factors and, you know, while making a decision. It can do 30 checks on your expenses at the same time. And so 
it can work 24-7, right? So it's very hard, as good as human beings are, it's very hard for them to actually, you know, work more than 8-10 hours productively. They need a break. It's very hard for them to, you know, consistently read everything, to consistently retain knowledge. It's very hard for them to, you know, go look back in history and what happened in a timely manner, right? So that's the second area where AI is very different and better. The third area where AI first back office is very different is that it looks at both structured and unstructured data and visual data like images, right? So AI can look at an image of an invoice and say, oh, ah, this image looks exactly like an expense receipt that submitted uh, a month ago by the same employee. And it can then look at what is extracted from those images and use that as additional clues and decide whether it's a truly a duplicate. Now imagine how difficult it would be for a human being to have an invoice in front of them and go look back at 300 you know, invoices visually and try to see if there's any difference, right? It's practically, you know, impossible to do. All the human staff has to rely on is hopefully that the employee entered what they actually expensed and they have to go, go, go make a lot of, you know, suppositions where the AI doesn't, right? So that's the third area. The fourth area where the AI-first back office is a very different and better than the traditional back office is that the AI is actually already pre-trained and uh, pre-built, and it's trained on data from hundreds of enterprises. So, for example, at AppZen, you know, our AI algorithms for expense audit have been already trained on data from 2,000 companies on 100 million uh, receipts. So when you start working with an AI model that, like that, you, it's already ready to go. You basically start sending in your expenses or invoices, and it's giving you value from day one. Now, if you were to sort of pivot that to the traditional way or the current way you're doing things, you're only training your staff on your data. Or even if you try to do some AI in-house, you're limited by the data you have within your own company. You certainly don't have you know, data from 2,000 companies to train your AI on. So your AI or your sort of decision-making is going to be limited. And what you're going to find is that as you try to do this internally, you're going to have to train your AI on your live transactions versus in a you know, AI-first approach, the models are built, the models are trained, your live transactions will actually be processed by the AI as opposed to used to train uh, your system. So that is a huge benefit of an AI-first approach. The fifth area why, where an AI-first approach is better is that of fast learning, right? So while human beings are very good at learning and in, in world learning in the flow work, consistently research shows that people forget 90% of what they learn within uh, within two days, and they maybe forget 95% within a week. Certainly, they don't write it down, and even if someone writes it down for them, certainly they don't read everything, right? So that sort of explains why there's hundreds of manuals of training manuals and documents that never opened, you know, by people because people don't have the time to read everything, right? So the learning itself is very slow, and, and it can get lost versus with AI. Once you train it with data once, it sort of always remembers. So if your staff leaves your company, the AI is still there. It still has that data. And also, you know, with um, auto-tuning and ZenLearn and other sort of new approaches that we have uh, in the industry, AI can just take one or two user samples of feedback and then adjust the models automatically to remember that this user from this company prefers this output and then give you that next time around. So the learning is real time. It's fast as opposed to slow in the traditional model. The sixth and sort of large uh, last area of difference where you know AI first back offices are so much different and better is that they require very little change management from your users and your suppliers, right? So in the traditional workflow-driven back office, since human beings are at the center, be it your suppliers, be it your finance staff, be it your end users, the model relies a lot on 
humans changing behavior. So, you know, what's the first thing you do? You tell your suppliers to, hey, give me an electronic invoice. Well, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they don't have the staff to log into every different portal for every different customer and do that every day and create an electronic invoice. Maybe they don't want to pay a third-party vendor any fees, right? Maybe they're not that tech-savvy, right? And then you also rely on your, you know, human processors, your AP staff to make sure that everything is in the right format. Maybe they're paying attention. Maybe they're not, right? But in an AI-first approach, all your suppliers have to do is submit a PDF like they do business today. It could be something they've generated with their hand. It could be a digitized PDF. It could be a TIFF file. All, it could be a scan from a you know from their cell phone. All they need to do is email electronic file, and the AI takes care of the rest, right? So the human beings don't have to change, and which is why uh, AI can get you from five to twenty percent automation in the case of invoices to a hundred percent automation. This is why AI can look at thousands of underlying receipts that are in all your expense claims, read them each in each line item and determine whether there's risk or fraud. So it sort of doesn't leave money on the table. And you know, what I really love and what's the icing on the cake is that this new AI-first finance back office approach really works on top of your existing automation. So you don't need to throw away the hard work you've done with your existing finance tech stack. You can just add the AI as a layer on top and it would do um, all of the processing, right? So, you know, I mean, you're all finance people, you're all numbers driven. So, I mean, I, I know it's natural for you to ask the so what, Gary? So what's the bottom line impact of all of this, right? Yeah, well, what, is this meaningful? Is that material enough to use uh, accounting language? It's absolutely material. And, you know, it can actually give you a quantum leap in cost savings and efficiency in spend avoidance, in, in policy compliance, and in, in business value. So I'll give you, uh, you know, a couple of data points from what I see with our customers. So our customers are able to audit 100% of their expenses, and that's your expense claims, their invoices, and P-card prior to making any payment, prior to money leaving the door, right? That's huge because then they don't have to pay a recovery firm to recover the money from the suppliers and the invoice, right? And then they can preserve cash flow, right? Our customers are able to achieve 80% productivity in their in AP operations and in their audit. So if they needed, you know, a staff of 100 people earlier to sort of run the finance back office, they now need only 20 people, right? So they can use the other 80 people to add value to the business, right? Uh, our clients are able to reduce cycle times by 90% in terms of how quickly they can approve expenses and pay their employees and how quickly they can, you know, process invoices and take advantage of early payment discounts. Our clients are able to audit all of their spend prior to payment and save up to 5% in leakage and waste and duplicates and fraud, right? But perhaps the most important thing our clients get from their finance teams and finance operation team is real business value. Because when your finance operations team is free because the AI-powered autonomous up, you know, platform is doing all the processing, your team now has the time to add value back to the business. They can help you grow your business you know, in managing M&A. They can help you take care of the growth in volumes by you know, scaling up without adding more headcount. They can better integrate your acquisitions. They can better take advantage of early payment discounts, generate some you know, profit for you. And more importantly, because they're leveraging the power of you know, thousands of companies' data plus their own, your shared service center can now become a profit center and serve other companies because the knowledge never leaves you know, your AI instance, even if your staff leave or all your staff leave, right? So you can actually scale a lot better and serve other companies. So if I go back to the finance pyramid that we talked about earlier in the podcast, right? I said it's a classical pyramid that sort of works like this. What the AI-powered finance back office does is really invert it where the pyramid is, you know, uh, upside down. So really the broader base is on the top 
and the narrow peak is at the bottom. And 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 what that enables, uh, you know, finance operations teams to do is put that 80% of the effort and human potential onto strategic business activities and just put the smaller 20% on transactional activities and resolving exceptions and helping AI with whatever AI was not able to process or need help uh, processing, right? So it's really, instead of technology assisting humans in making decisions, like was the old paradigm, the new paradigm is really AI <laughs> assisting, you know, humans assisting AI to process. 80% is autonomous and humans are needed to help with the other 20%. And really, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. Data and industry research uh, bears this out. So, you know, there's a recent report from Arden Partners, uh, a leading industry research firm in finance, that said that, you know, world-class leaders, uh, finance leaders that they've benchmarked, use AI three times more than the peer group, the average finance department. And as a result of that, they're able to deliver up to three times greater finance performance. And specifically, they said, look, uh, because of using you know, finance teams that are best in class are able to get 90% lower cost of finance. So you, know, you could be going from you know, $20 to process an invoice to like under $2 up to process an invoice. That's world class, right? Uh, you could be going, getting 75% uh, cycle times that are faster. So instead of taking 20 days to process an invoice, you could be doing it in four days and paying the supplier early and getting an 18 to 36% discount. That's huge. Where else can you get uh, an 18 to 30% a return on your money, right? And they're able to get 3% higher straight through processing rates, so which means, you know, they're only touching one-third of the transactions compared to their peers. So think of how much competitive advantage in terms of speed, efficiency, cost, that gives the, you know, these companies that are world-class that use uh, AI. So, you know, I think with that, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, so I wanted to give a couple of examples, you know, of real companies that are achieving growth and a competitive advantage through AI-first finance back offices. So the first is us, you know, Abzan itself, right? So I was talking to our CFO, Naresh uh, Bansal, and, you know, he and I were on a, part, uh, on a webinar last month, and, you know, he shared how the business, Abzan, has grown 300% over the past couple of years, but he's been able to manage that growth without adding any additional headcount, right? So that is huge, right, uh, especially uh, in times like these. Another company who's a client of ours is a leading telecom company, and they've worked with us in the area of autonomous AP, uh, and they're realizing 65% autonomy in processing their uh, indirect invoices that sort of today come in their AP uh, mailbox, right? So they're, they're able to free up staff to do more strategic work. Another client, a social media company, you know, is able to audit 100% of their spend uh, across the expenses, invoices, and P-card, and they've actually doubled and tripled the rates at which they're detecting uh, fraud and, and duplicate spend. Uh, we have another client that's a very well-known e-commerce company, and that's very interesting that they rely on AI so much, and they trust the AI decisions so much that they have eliminated manager approvals for 45,000 you know, business managers. So you know what, what they're seeing is that AI is able to predict where there's high risk and fraud to a much more accurate manner than their you know, managers. Because if you think of managers at a company, um, they're busy, they don't also remember, they're also human, they don't remember all the policies, and they don't want to appear bad or rude <laughs> to their staff, they don't want to discourage their staff, and you see this a lot in sales departments, so they'll basically either rubber stamp something or, or let something go. But with, if you can get accurate you know, detection of risk, then you don't need that manager approval. And so they've been able to do this, free up a thousands of hours of you know, manager approval and still convince their auditors that they're SOX compliant because the AI models are so precise and so comprehensive. 
And finally, I'll give you the example of, you know, another media company, and they actually use AI to detect any kind of employee personal expenses that the employee is trying to charge as a business expense. And they trust AI and RAI to such an extent that they have automated the follow-up next step process of sending the employee a notification that their payroll is going to be deducted. So think about that, right? Uh, you trust the AI so much, it works so well that you can automate uh, a message to your employee that, hey, Gary, you charge 200 bucks extra, you know, for, for, you know, an airport that's actually not a business expense and we're going to deduct it from your payroll. So that's how much time that's saved and how much money that can be saved, right? So hopefully um, this gave you some context on, you know, what the radical shift is and what it means for companies in terms of moving from a workflow-driven uh, back office to an AI-first finance back office. So in our next episode, which is episode two, we're going to talk about autonomous uh, being the near future of finance operations. We're going to dig a little deeper in discussing the opportunity presented by Finance AI, and we're going to get into a few use cases of autonomous AI can help uh, with finance operations, the day-to-day -day jobs of expense auditors and, and AP staff. So until then, friends of finance, I want to say bye, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And be sure to check out AppSend.com to access all of our amazing episodes and additional finance operations resources. If you'd like to chat with one of our experts, get a demo, or arrange a free trial, please click the links in the details section for more information.